you are listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant congregation outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin. You can learn more about us at BethelCov.org. Thanks for listening. So as somebody that didn't uh, come from the, the Midwest, I've, I've learned that uh, winters around here are just different, obviously. <laughs> Um, and I've learned that you hit that point uh, towards the end of winter when you stop asking people how they're doing <laughs> because you're just not ready for it. And everybody knows, like, it's, we're just getting another day done and hopefully it doesn't snow anymore. <laughs> um, I think we, we start to feel uh, a, little, a little empty after, after a while. Um, and the way I, I think about it, and, I, and I'm sure somebody told this to me or I, I read this somewhere, is we all sort of... Uh, kind of carry around a, a cup with us uh, wherever we go. And, and sometimes when we're feeling really good, when things in our, our life it, are going well, uh, it feels nice and full and we feel like we have plenty to share with others. Uh, you know, if, if your friend is going through something and, and maybe you've, you've had a, a pretty good week, you know, maybe you're feeling pretty good, you, you've got enough uh, gas in the tank, you've got enough money or whatever, and, and your friend comes to you and they're having a hard time and you're there, right? You're ready. Your cup is nice and full. You're ready to to pour out a little to help somebody. And I think it can be kind of uh, emotional stuff, but, but even just um, financially, you know, when somebody comes to you and, and needs something, if you just got your tax refund, right, you're like, oh, yeah, like, let's go out to dinner. Like, my cup is, is nice and full. Um, and, and we fill that, that up in different ways. And so, like, uh, you know, all kinds of things go, go into the cup. You know, our basic needs, uh, making sure our basic needs are taken care of, and we can spend our lives, and people around the world... Um, spend their lives just trying to take care of the stuff at the bottom, uh, food and shelter, sleep and, and clothing. And when we have that, then we can worry about other stuff. You know, we can worry about our, our health or protecting our possessions or uh, our own safety or our own property. And, and when we have those things secured, you know, when our cup is full, we know that we uh, are going to have something to eat. Um, we know that we have some place to sleep. And, and most of us uh, experience that level, right, that level of fullness. Then we can start worrying about other stuff, right? We can start worrying about if we're having fun, uh, if we're having a rough week, if we're uh, having success in our careers or uh, whatever it is. And it's funny to me, and, and we've talked about this a lot before uh, here at Bethel, but it seems like uh, you never quite get to the top of that cup. You know, for, for people that are, are living down here at the bottom, uh, they're thinking, if I can just know that my meals are taken care of for the next week, like I am in heaven. Uh, but as soon as we get that, it turns out, you know, the, the mountain peak is a little bit higher. There's something else we want a little bit more to make sure that we're uh, going to be okay. And, and, it, and it's amazing to me, and, and as I, somebody told me about this cup, and, and looking at um, our whole society, our whole world is, is built around uh, helping each other uh, help ourselves fill that, that cup up, right? So I need to eat and go on vacation and do fun things and have a place to sleep. So I take a little bit of what I have, which is time, and I, I pour that out at the workplace, right? I pour a little bit of my time and my expertise out, and the workplace, they fill up my cup a little bit with money. We engage in these, these transactions all the time, this, this back and forth. But um, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but, but in my life, it seems like, right, you just never can quite hit... Uh, the top. Um, you never quite, you know, if you waited to make sure you had enough to give somebody else, you'd wait 
forever uh, because you never quite feel secure. And, and it was funny, I was talking with my, my brother-in-law uh, last week and I told him, I said, you know, we've got, uh, you know, some of our student loans are coming, are going to be done in a couple of years. And I told him, I said, we are going to be sitting pretty, like all of a sudden, like the student loans are done. And, and he's like, oh, don't worry. Like as soon as that happens, you'll feel just as tight as you did before because more things come up, right? Uh, you never uh, quite get uh, full. And and it can be a, a problem, I think, for, for many of us. In fact, it's, it's such a big problem. I think most of us experience this in one way or another in our life that, you know, our, our movies and our TV shows and our novels are all full of this, this idea that even the people that seem to get everything they want, even the, the richest people or the most successful people, um, they all feel like their cup's not quite full. They all feel like they, if they just had a, a little bit more... Uh, they could feel uh, secure, and and many of us, most of us, maybe um, spend spend our lives just trying to to fill that up. And and when we get to that next thing, we always have that sinking feeling that like, I thought this was going to make me happy, but but it it didn't. Um, uh, and it's funny, in Jesus' day, they had lots of ideas and strategies for filling uh, their cups too. Like, like for us, you know, maybe we go to work and work gives us money and we use the money to give ourselves the things that we want and to take care of people that we care about. Um, in the ancient world, they had a few different ways of, of filling up their cup, of getting the things that they felt like they needed. One is, is a system called, called patronage. Uh, if you were a uh, of moderate means in the Roman world, if you, had a, if you weren't the kind of person that was just trying to find a place to sleep and eat and clothes to wear, um, you engaged in this, this patronage system. And, and what that meant was your life, um, it sounds really nice, your life was all about giving. Um, it was really important that you were giving to others. And so in the, under the patronage system, the Roman world, um, you would make sure to give to people that were close to your same station in life. So if you were going to have a party... Uh, you'd invite um, not just the people that you liked, but you'd invite people that were like you. So I'm going to throw a feast, so I'll invite a bunch of other people that are of similar uh, social status to me. That will increase our social status. And then I can count on the fact that after the feast is done, one of my friends are going to invite me to their feast, right? And I'll get a good seat, and, and I can maintain um, you know, my place in society. We can all fill each other's cup up a little bit. Another way uh, that the patronage system worked... Um, is that if you had wealth, if you had things, if you had stuff to give, you might pour a little bit of that out in the, the city that you lived in uh, to build something cool for your city. Uh, you know, maybe a, a, a bath where people could, could wash or, or a, a public works project or whatever. If you had means, you might pour a little bit out uh, on your city, and that city would call you uh, their patron. Uh, the person who's looking out for them, making sure they have what they want. And so in exchange for the little bit that you might pour out of your cup, uh, they give you respect and honor. And uh, so you get that, those, you know, those warm feelings, those things at the top of the cup, success, the uh, respect of others, the appreciation of others. And so that was kind of one way to uh, live life. If you uh, had a little bit more uh, to live with than the basic needs of society, you would try and uh, enhance your, your social status that way to get your cup filled that way. On the other side, uh, the Pharisees and, and Jewish people today had, had the, a religious system. And, and it's sort of the same thing. Instead of giving uh, to your peers, you'd still participate in some of that patronage stuff too, but, but you'd give to God. And, and the way that you gave to God in Jesus' day was you, was you did 
what God told you to do. You tried to follow the law as, as well as possible um, uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, you're, you're pouring out a little of your freedom uh, so that, one, that God will bless you, right? And if I do things for God, God will watch out for me. But, but the bigger thing was so that others will see uh, that you're this good, right, upstanding, religious person, right? And so, you know, maybe you're not looking for the same kinds of respect that, that the patronage system looks like. Maybe you're looking for people to say, yeah, that person is good, right? They know God. They're close to God. And you fill up your cup with that by following the rules, by never, ever, ever working on the Sabbath, by making sure that you always eat uh, the right stuff, by making sure that you never sit with people that are committing sin all the time, because people might think that you're a sinner like them. And so this is the world that, that Jesus came into. And these are uh, two uh, big ways that people filled their cups. And if you look uh, closely, um, they're both all about giving, all about giving to others, but it's, it's strategic giving, right? Um, and we give strategically a lot too. We, we don't always think about it this way, but, but in both of these systems, everything that you give is, is given um, with the intent of receiving a benefit in exchange, right? You throw a feast for all of your friends, not uh, just because you're such a generous person, but because you can count on the fact that they're going to throw a feast for you. Um, you paid for dinner this time, and you know that, that when it's your turn, they're going to pay for your dinner. Uh, you know, it was a system of, of giving in the same way that you give a vending machine two quarters, and it uh, gives you a, a Coke back, right? It's, it's giving, but we all know what's going on. We all know the game uh, that we're playing um, but it was clear in Jesus' day for lots of people that these systems were, were coming up short. Um, the, the religion system uh, wasn't working for people um, that didn't have the, the wealth and the stability uh, to live life according to the law. For the people at the bottom that had a hard time uh, buying the sacrifices that they needed to make, that had a hard time not working on the Sabbath because, uh, you know, their animal got hurt or, or whatever. Um, <clears throat> Uh, and it's clear that this isn't going so well in the ancient world because when Jesus comes and he starts saying, I'm bringing about a new world, uh, he gets a crowd of people that want to hear about this, this new world. Uh, uh, so, so Jesus uh, claims, and this is the, the central claim of, of what uh, the gospel says about uh, what, what Jesus says. He says, I'm coming to bring something new. And Luke, he says, the kingdom is uh, coming. I'm bringing this thing called the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And what he means by that is uh, the way the world has worked um, since the beginning up until now is about to change. Uh, that's, that's what he's saying. And then he, he launches in uh, to our passage here where he talks about ways that the world is changing and, and what it means to live if you believe that the world is changing. So uh, if you'll look with me uh, to Luke uh, 6, 27 through uh, 36 at the end, and we're going to uh, jump through it. Um, remember, this is Jesus is here. He's got a whole crowd of people. He's teaching them. He just got done uh, telling them that um, in this new world, everything has changed. Everything is different. He's been comforting the people that have not fit into those um, systems of filling your cup, and this is what he, what he has to say. Um, he says, but to you who are listening, um, and if you were here two weeks ago, you know that he probably turned a few people off with what he said first. So for those of you that are still here, uh, he says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, 
Turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. If anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Um, I, I always think it's funny. Um, this last verse right here at the very bottom, do to others as you would have them do to you. That's like everybody's favorite Bible verse. Um, we just ripped that out, and we're pretty uncomfortable with everything that comes before that. Uh, but, but we can take out uh, that last little verse. Um, so this should bother us. Um, if you're reading this and you're saying, yeah, like that's how I live my life every day, like good for you, I'm, I'm really impressed. <laughs> um, but but this, is, this is meant uh, to bother us. It's meant uh, to get under our skin a little bit. Um, because Jesus could have said the thing that we normally try and say, right? Try and uh, work a little harder to be nice to people. Try and be uh, a little better. But instead of kind of working on the edges, um, Jesus goes right for the jugular. Uh, he goes for the most extreme thing he can think of. He doesn't say, uh, try to be nicer to your mom. He says, uh, he gives the, the most extreme, most challenging idea possible. Um, he says, love your enemies. Um, so in a system, in a world that's built on pouring out a little for other people so that they might pour out a little for you, Jesus says, when you pour out your cup, give it to somebody who can't or won't ever give you anything back. Uh, somebody who won't even write you a thank you note for crying out loud. And, it, and it's meant to, to shock his audience a little bit, to wake them up a little bit, um, so that they might understand that this kingdom, this new world that Jesus is bringing about really is different. It really is new um, to, to make them see that his kingdom is, is like something the world has never seen before. Uh, so he continues, um, he continues for those that are still listening. He says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them, and if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But he says this, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting anything back. And if they're your enemies, you really can't expect to get much back from them. He says, then your reward will be great. And you'll be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. He says, you know how God sends rain on the uh, evil farmers and the good farmers? <laughs> if you want to be like God, uh, give like God does. Uh, he, he continues with, with a part, uh, and it's, it was amazing to me as I was reading this, and uh, so many of these verses, you know, for me, I was like, yeah, like that's awesome. And then so many, I was like, ugh. <laughs> And this is another one that we, we really like. He says, oh, sorry, not that. Uh, he says, uh, do not judge. This is verse 37. It's uh, down here somewhere. Uh, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Um, so Jesus is describing what it means to live in a different world than any of them have ever experienced. Uh, he, he calls them, as they're sitting there, to uh, love their enemies, and it, and it forces this contrast for them. It, it forces them to choose, um, uh, because loving haters and loving takers, people that no matter how much you give, they always uh, turn away, and, and loving people that aren't grateful is, is a recipe for misery. 
in every human kingdom. Uh, everywhere that you can live, if, if Jesus isn't God, if he's not right, if there's not a new world coming, living this way is a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea because when you give to takers and you love your enemies, they take advantage of you. Uh, they don't pay you back. They let your cup get empty. Um, Jesus is forcing them to choose which world are you going to believe in. He's forcing them and encouraging us to make a choice about which world we think is really real. Uh, the kingdom of God or the kingdoms that we've built on earth. Um, and we're meant to wonder, and, and this is what I've been wrestling with these last two weeks, uh, we're meant to wonder, what would happen to me if I did this? We're meant to say, but, but Jesus, let's be real. That's not how the world works. If I pour out my cup for others, how will I ever have enough? They'll take advantage of me. I'll be a doormat. And this is what Jesus says to that. And we can uh, believe him. Um, and, and he asks us to, to believe him. This is what he says. He says, um, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He, his example is like when you're going to buy grain. And if you're the sort of person that, that scoops in exactly the minimum to put in, uh, this is what your life will be. If you're the sort of person that gives abundantly, this is what your life will be. He says, uh, Jesus says, I know that we all have a cup to fill. And I know that you can never quite get enough. But he says, for us... Um, uh, those of us that are afraid of losing what little we have, he says, if, if you want to have enough, if you want to fill your cup, uh, believe in me and pour it out. And this is incredibly hard to hear, and it was just as hard for them to hear as it is uh, for us. And, and if the book of Luke ended there, if it ended with Jesus saying, oh, pour out and, and it'll all probably uh, work out, we should, we should walk away from it. But but it doesn't. He doesn't stop there with this command or advice. Um, because in, in the real world, right, if, if this is it, if this is just the advice, if we're just supposed to do this and, and then we'll be good people, we'll find ourselves empty. But he doesn't stop here and Luke doesn't stop with this verse. In fact, uh, Jesus lives this out. The, the rest of Luke um, is the story of Jesus living this out. Everywhere he goes, he pours out. He loves his enemies. He cares for people that don't deserve it. He empties himself all the way to the point of death. He lets himself be carried to the cross and crucified there. Um, later, um, when Paul will talk about this in, in Philippians, uh, this, he, he says this. He says, Jesus, who being in very nature God, even though Jesus was God and had everything, uh, didn't consider equality with God, didn't consider the stuff that he had as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant. Uh, Paul is saying, Jesus poured out and poured out and poured out, uh, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. And if you read the book of Luke, you see that story. You see that Jesus pours everything out until he is empty and he hangs there on the cross and he says, it is finished and he dies on the cross. Somebody comes and takes his, his dead body down and lays it in a tomb and closes the door. 
And if nothing else happened, if, he, if nothing else happens, you would know that his way of living was a terrible idea. It sure didn't work out for him. But three days later, he comes back from the dead. And if you read the Gospels, you see that not only is he alive, he is more full of life and power than ever. His resurrection proves that that new kingdom had arrived. Uh, Jesus gave it all, and it was given back a full measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, poured into his lap. And, and he invites his disciples to do the same. And, and if you read the story of the early church, you see them do it. Um, in, in confirmation a few weeks ago, Molly, our confirmation student, brought up this story of Paul. Uh, he's, on a, he's on a boat uh, traveling to jail, and the storms come up, and he's, he's on the boat, and everybody's panicking because this ship is going to crash. And Paul uh, is comforting his jailers on the boat. Paul is saying, don't worry, God will take care of us. Paul is loving his enemies because Paul believes that Jesus rose from the dead and that the new kingdom that he preached is true and real. And we are invited uh, to choose. We're invited to have the same thing, to believe uh, that the world is, is not how it appears, now, that the world is not about uh, filling our cups as full as we possibly can and grabbing as much as we can to make sure we have enough. But instead, the world is based on the love of God. Uh, Jesus asks us to decide um, if the world is about grasping all we can and filling our cups, or if it's about receiving from God and pouring out from a bottomless supply of blessing. The kingdom that Jesus preaches, and, and this stark language to shock them into hearing, um, is all about this question, what sits at the bottom of the world. If, if love, if joy, if good stuff is a limited resource, right? If, if there's only so much joy and prosperity and success in the world, um, we'd ought to grab as much of it as we can before someone else gets to it. If love is a dwindling resource, we ought to hold on to it as tight as possible. Uh, we ought to dole it out sparingly, on people that we know will give some love back to us. If, if love is a limited commodity, we should use it wisely to ensure our long-term success. But if it's not, uh, if the foundation of our world, if God really made the world out of his love, if love sits at the heart of our creator, if it's an endless spring waiting to be tapped and poured out, freely in and through the lives of people. We ought to live accordingly. Jesus calls and invites us, the gospel invites us to decide if we're going to believe the world is about grasping or about giving. And depending upon how we answer that question, our lives can go very different ways. We can choose to keep striving for ourselves in everything we do. We can choose to keep grasping and taking and giving only to the people that are going to give back to us. But we'll find that the more we fill up our cup, the emptier it is. The more uh, we go on vacation, the more we accumulate, the more good stuff we have, the harder we'll work uh, to fill that cup up and the emptier it is. We've all experienced it when we've gotten close. But it's counterintuitive. Jesus claims that if you pour out, if you connect to him as the source, 
you'll find yourself fuller. So that the more you give and the more you surrender and the more you let go of, the fuller of love you will be. Even up to and through your own death, if you empty yourself, full life is waiting. A life that makes the best bits of this life uh, seem like uh, cold Chuck E. Cheese pizza. <laughs> like it looks really good and when you're eating it, maybe it even tastes good, but you regret it about 10 seconds after it goes into your mouth. <laughs> this is the good news. And we're invited to have a share in that kingdom if we'll only accept it. Let's pray together. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant church outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin, and you can find out more about us at BethelCov.org.